Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Trenuth. Hey, I Love All Mortgage listeners. On this episode, Sebastian and Ron are back for part two of this series. Today, Ron shares with Sebastian some of his predictions for next year, including the growth of the alternative market and the role of the broker. Plus, Ron shares with us one piece of advice he would share with his younger self or a young entrepreneur today. When you're talking about alternative, and to your point, like alternative B lending is so broad, everything kind of gets thrown in. I'll say an alternative lender like ourselves and other players in our space, and then you have private to mix. When it comes time to picking between one and the other, why do you go one way or the other? And how do you position it when you're talking to your clients? Well, that is becoming in Ontario, and I think it also the same is true in British Columbia. That is becoming one of the most important questions that our provincial regulators are asking. They're asking the mortgage broker, they're asking about the mortgage broker's experience to do with private lending and alternative lenders like yourselves. They're asking how did the mortgage broker reach that decision? So, expand on that topic. What we must do, and we do every single time in our office, is we try to figure out any way in the world to get a client with an A lender, to get a client with a mortgage finance company or a Schedule A bank, every way that's possible that we can figure out to get that client with that lowest possible rate, even the people who are very much on the borderline of qualifying. That's step one. Step two is we must exhaust every possibility of sending the client to an institutional alternative lender. Why? I'll tell you why. Because even though there are probably five or six great mix in this country who are extremely dependable, they are committed to treating the clients properly over a longer haul, every time that a mortgage broker places a client with a non-institutional lender, they have to understand there is an element of jeopardy they're engaged in. Simply this, if Home Trust has a renewal and the client has made their payments, the client is gonna get a mortgage renewal offer. Period, end of story, that is gonna happen. Unless they've torn the house down or the house burnt down or they were six months behind and they only cut up the payments last week before the renewal, I mean, but let's just take the person who's made every payment perfectly, House is fine, everything's fine, no floods in their neighborhood, all the rest of it, no fires, the rest of the town didn't burn down. I mean, like, you hope you guys didn't have too many deals in Lytton, BC, but anyway. The most important thing to the consumer is that they have an opportunity to get a renewal from their institutional. You have no idea how, in reality, important that is. Every mortgage broker listening should understand that is an incredibly important thing. Because if you're dealing with a non-institutional lender, such as a MIC, or just a private individual or a small company who's lent some money on a mortgage, that consumer has no real knowledge that they're going to get it renewed at all. I mean, everything could go ridiculously wrong, everything from non-renewal to, we had you at 899, it's going to um, 2199, it's going to 1899, that's the renewal rate. Uh, and by the way, if you miss the renewal by a day, we add on a fee of 3% of your mortgage and you owe it whether you pay us out or not. Like literally the craziest things in the world can happen to people in private mortgage. A 
again, there's five or six great mix in this country who are very dependable, do a great job, and that probably won't happen. But God, we have to exhaust every possibility for institutional alternative lending before we ever think about taking a client to a private mortgage. And this is something regulators are thinking about more and more. How did the client suddenly end up with a private mortgage in the end? The client was promised a bank mortgage. Oh, you know what? A week before closing, uh, oh, yeah, you don't qualify at all. You got to go right to a private lender because they got to work quick. Okay. And if you don't, you're going to lose your deposit. All hell's going to break loose. So, this kind of wrongdoing, I'm sad to say, exists in the marketplace. It should be stamped out. I hope eventually it will be, but it does exist. And the right approach is exhaust every A lender. The next approach is exhaust every institutional. Be lender thoroughly, thoroughly exhaust every alternative lender that you could possibly place to client and then move on to private lending. The idea of promoting private lending as an immediate alternative due to speed, ease of use, don't worry, we'll get this mortgage done for you no matter how weird your circumstances are, is philosophically wrong. It's wrong with every regulator in Canada and it should be wrong with every mortgage broker. You must do this patient process of exhaust A, exhaust alternative, and then find the best possible private option. But you cannot jump to private and you cannot trap people into private. It should never happen. And unfortunately, sometimes it is. Yeah, it is very true. We do see cases where, depending on the client in the past, and I think that's where brokers, you're taking the time and go over the information and options where we always stand, it's always about the solution that's the right fit for the client. And we've seen it time and time again. So we do look at that, how important it is, your partners and who everybody works with, it's taking the time and really explaining it. But to add to that, with regulators looking more into B, do you have any predictions for the evolution of the B space and where the alternative market's gonna go? Like, do you think about your own crystal ball? Well, my crystal ball is notoriously bad. I have been predicting price decline in the housing market for about 12 straight years. So uh, that makes me literally the wrongest guy on earth. Like nobody has been as wrong for long as I have. My eldest son points that out to me constantly. The reality is the B market has surged. The alternative market has surged, particularly the last several years. Private lending is way up. There's new products in private lending. Some of them good. Some of them scare the bejesus out of me. Stuff that I just don't understand. And there's really very little doubt that we're going to see ongoing growth in this area of alternative lending of all types in the near term it's going to happen because when prices go up 26 percent in a year you can make a lot of mistakes in alternative lending and you're covered you're absolutely covered and you can grow and success breeds success i mean sebastian you and i both know there's u.s companies interested in coming into the alternative space in canada again they were here once in 2005 and 2006 all disappeared one night in 2008, but there was like six companies shut down. They were open on Monday, closed on Tuesday. I mean, that happened in 2008, but we're seeing them come back. We're seeing proposals for all kinds of very interesting FinTech products coming around. Do they all work? I don't know. Do they have long-term ability to staying power? I don't know. But the alternative space isn't going away in Canada. For one thing, we imported 421,000 new Canadians in 2021. Okay, we're going to import another 430,000 new Canadians this year in 2022. We need them badly. This country is well served by our immigration policies. 
and I'm not just saying that as a perspective of promoting real estate growth and mortgages. I'm saying that for a perspective of we have bad demographics on longtime Canadians. I mean, you know, our reproduction rate for the people who are here, who are in their, you know, for fourth generation Canadians, our reproduction rate is garbage. You know, we're going to turn into Japan or Italy if we don't keep bringing in new Canadians. By the way, nothing wrong with Italy. Love the food, love the place, love to go on vacation there, but those people don't have any kids anymore. Okay, and that is a demographic problem that you can only address with new people coming to your country. And by the way, the majority of new people, the vast majority of new people who come to Canada, new Canadians, are people who bring enormous positives to our country. Okay, I don't see too many new Canadians living in their parents' basement studying their video games and reviewing their, you know, Star Wars toys. Oh, they're action figures. Sorry. You know, there's a lot of, you know, 10th generation Canadians, mostly men in their parents' basements right now. Okay. Uh, there's, there's too many of them, but the new Canadians come here to work, get out there. I mean, we see them in the mortgage brokerage community. We see people from other countries who got into the mortgage business, or they're the children of people who came from another country, get into the mortgage business, and they're some of the leading lights in this business because they get up every day and work hard and contribute to our country. Okay, they have families, they pay taxes, they contribute to our country. And so if we've got that, if we've got these 420,000, 435,000, we've got these people coming in every year, they tend to have an enormous desire to own a home. And that means that people who supply liquidity like Home Trust and other alternative lenders, that's going to be a solid space because a lot of those people start as self-employed people or people working in the gig economy or people working in multiple part-time jobs. And they need a lender like Home Trust to get them in the door of their first home in some cases. And I don't think that's going to change in any way. So the future of the space is solid. And I think my only prediction is that Home Trust and other institutional alternative lenders may find themselves growing in importance if there's any kind of disruption in the Canadian real estate market that will have repercussions with private lending. So right now, private lending is pretty popular, pretty easy to do, and very available. But if times change, and I have seen them change because, again, I am as old as Methuselah, that if those times change, those private lenders vanish, or all they do is 50% loan to value. And we come to really depend on the institutional lenders like Home Trust to have actual capital, real money, billions of dollars of actual cash, who can go out and continue to support the marketplace. Prediction is right for institutional alternative lending. So... Do you see a big change or shift in the role and reach of mortgage brokers in the next few years? You talk about immigration, you're talking about how much was done in the private space, changes in lending requirements, especially, I know we haven't even touched upon how far people are moving outside of major urban centers to live. Like, Do you see a change in the role and what a broker needs to do and even the reach and scope of what a brokers are doing? Well, we've seen a lot of growth in the mortgage brokerage community. And the growth is based on some of the factors you touched on. It's also based on the fact that Schedule A banks have come to the conclusion that if properly managed, mortgage brokers are a tremendous source of business. Because 
I'll just be honest about this one. If you get a couple of drinks into all the security managers of these banks, like the people who actually investigate bad occurrences at banks, things that went really wrong at banks in the mortgage space, when you get a couple of drinks into them, most of them will tell you in a very honest way, you know, we actually have more problems with the commission road reps than we do with you mortgage brokers. Like, we got you mortgage brokers so locked down and so under control and so heavily scrutinized that, you know, your business is actually better than the rest of the business we produce. And it's not just necessarily a testament to how wonderful mortgage brokers are. I think it's a testament to banks have learned more and more how to work our origination channel. And how that applies to your business at Home Trust is, and I'll be honest with you, when he first announced it, I was there when Ed Carthouse first announced it was a crazy moment. Like it was like it was at a party because so it was pre-COVID, so it was at a party. And everybody's had a few drinks, and there's hundreds of people there. And Ed called everybody's attention and said, "Okay, I have a major announcement. Thank you for all being here. Thank you for supporting Home Trust. And I'd like to let you know that we're firing 2,800 brokers." Okay, and you know, the first thing I said was, "Better order another drink." I said to three brokers around me, "This is gonna be the last one." Okay, and you know everybody was sort of a little confused by it. And lo and behold, Ed was right. I mean, Ed was right. The strange thing about the alternative lending space is the more brokers that you cut off, the more business and the better business and the more efficient business that you do. And I got a hand to Ed. He was right. Absolutely right. And this applies to the topic you brought up in this way. More quality mortgage brokers, intelligent, strong training, great controls, people who really understand the B space and really are committed to dealing with the B lender on a most honest and truthful way, because there's always going to be more B business. So we don't need to lie about one. You don't need to try to convince you on one. We can let one go and you'll do the rest. Okay. And it just became such a truism that the more brokers you cut off, the more effective and the more efficient and the better business and the more business that you did. So, the future of this type of space is this more professional, better advocates for the consumer mortgage broker who is telling the truth, doing the right thing, giving you good information, agreeing with you when something is wrong, not wasting your time. That is how Home Trust will continue to flourish. As other lenders promote the idea that we just want to bring more and more brokers on, let's just bring more and more brokers on, look at more and more deals. Home Trust has chosen the right path to find better equipped, more professional, more knowledgeable in the B-space brokers who will do a better job for home trust clients and bring more quality business to home trust. So in that way, I see genesis of more home trust business and better home trust business, and also the increase to all mortgage brokers who choose to become knowledgeable and work effectively and intelligently in the alternative space. Wow. Listen, I was there at that broker event when uh, Ed went to the front and made the comment. I know you looked over at me, we looked over at each other, but we all knew that it was the right thing. Like I've seen what efficiency ratios, I've been in this industry long enough. And I know Ron, you and I've talked about when we talk about efficiencies, like for my previous life too, is like, it was always really important. So when you look at volume that comes in the door, once you truly understand the business, you see our own efficiencies and they just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And it really does become a part where, you know, we talk about this openly is this working with an alternative lender, working with any lender, not just to say us, working about any lender 
it just because you're a broker doesn't mean that you should be able to deal with every lender. I think the part is it is a club. It is you earn your stripes to get in. And the more you demonstrate and the more you work with your partners, the more than the relationship strengthens. And when you need to get deals done and there's an understanding and it's a two-way street because sometimes you need help on something and other times we need it's a very much back and forth. It's a very symbiotic relationship. I also want to throw in the idea that it's not that there will never be any new brokers. That's crazy. We, yeah, there's, that's always right. a need, there's always a need to bring on new brokers. But the message to the new broker has to be you need to really try to up your skills. You really have to just adopt an approach of absolute honesty and integrity when you're approaching any lender. But particularly with B business, it's a bit of story lending anyway. You're telling the story of the client okay, so that the alternative lender understands it understands the, the narrative of the client. So please don't invent a whole bunch of ridiculous stories about why there's a problem. Just be honest as humanly possible, because here's the thing. If you've got 12 different incidents of bad credit scenarios, like 12 different obvious occurrences of things that went wrong, please don't say the borrower had to attend a funeral in a faraway country on 12 different occasions because you actually run out of relatives at that point. I mean, you just don't have enough relatives to use that excuse. Okay. So tell the truth in a very straightforward way and don't try to fit square pegs into round holes. I mean, the underwriter says to you, I don't have any idea how we can do this deal. Don't berate them into trying to find some completely new fictitious way to do the deal. But new people, by all means, new brokers, come on board. Try Home Trust. But understand that it's not just to give a whole load of BS to people. Alternative lending actually requires an enormous level of truth and knowledge. And don't be afraid to ask your clients questions. Don't be afraid to confront your clients with, like, how the hell did this happen? Like, how in the world did this mess happen? Like, tell me the truth. Don't tell me about the funerals. You know, just tell me the truth. How did this really happen? And I will do the best that I possibly can to package the deal and make it work for you. And that is the most important thing that people who are new getting into this business need to understand. You're here. And now I have one last question. And amazingly, I've actually never asked you for all the years we've ever chatted. I've actually never asked you this question, which is surprising when I started working through. I was like, hey, what do I want to talk to Ron about? Or here's where we should go. And it's, if you could go tell your younger self one or two lessons that you've learned along the way and you wish you had done differently, what would that be? This is the DeLorean question. It is the DeLorean, DeLorean question. question. That's right. You're going to get into the DeLorean and go back in time. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sort of easy answers to come to people's minds. And I've heard all kinds of responses to that. Like, there's some horrible ones, you know. Like, I've heard people say, yeah, I would have realized that I needed to wake up at 5 o'clock every morning and exercise more and watch what I eat and do yoga and uh, eat organic. And, uh, like, my God, screw yourself. I mean, those are ridiculous answers, okay? Like, the equally stupid answers of, yeah, I would have just uh, bought Apple shares and hung on you know, uh, years ago. Like, please. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. I mean, nobody knows that stuff. And sure, you know, like if you're a guy like me who's like going to be 65 and weighs 325 pounds, I mean, probably I should have walked more. You know, like I should have eaten less and walked more, okay, for the last 25 years. I mean, like it's pretty goddamn obvious, right? But what to tell people that I would say what I would do differently in my own life, there's a few things. I would tell myself that, you know, it's really 
more important to adopt a philosophy of business that works. I mean, if you're going to be in business, let's face it, every mortgage broker, with the exception of those who are working in salary positions, almost every mortgage broker is self-employed. That's how they make their living, and that's how they feed their families and pay their mortgages. So the most important thing I would tell, I would say to my old self is you need to have a business philosophy sooner. You will make lots of mistakes, but the approach you have to take is that stick with the business that you understand well. Don't take a bunch of flyers. Don't become an NFT vendor and don't get the laser eyes on the crypto. And uh, I remember when it was all kinds of other trends that have gone back and forth over the years. Don't decide to become a developer because you were a success as a mortgage broker. Don't decide that, you know, well, I like to eat, so I'm going to open a restaurant. Okay, like the one wise thing I can tell people is it's something from Jeff Bezos. I mean, Jeff Bezos talks about what he calls the flywheel and that if you have one central business that you've achieved some skills at, some knowledge of, some relationships in and some ability to execute on, just do that. And when other things come at you that you could possibly do. Just say to yourself, does it fit into the flywheel of this business that I have finally got moving successfully? And why do I want to change? If there's something I don't like about it, maybe I just need to edit that. But if I'm 10 years down the road at something and doing okay at it, let's just see if I can refine it. Because one of the things we constantly see with mortgage brokers is all of a sudden, some of them will do something totally different and add something and try something and sometimes it just doesn't work at all okay i remember a really smart guy said to me once and he's a really smart guy and a very successful mortgage broker and he said you know i've tried a lot of things in my life as a mortgage broker in terms of investments and other things i was interested in and stock market and you know private equity and all kinds of other things and my partner has only just lent his own money out for 25 years. And in the end, because it was part and parcel of a business that he understood intimately, my partner has ended up with the most money. So if I was to say that to myself and say that to any other you know, person who's starting in this business or has been spent a few years in this business, this is a great business, but we're human. We're easily distracted. So sooner than diamond hands and laser eyes and golden apes, this mortgage business, just do as much as you can in it. And I think it'll be a great reward. But that's my view of it. Just if you have some ability to do this, don't get distracted. Just do it better. That's all. I love it. I love the don't get distracted and just do it better. That is some great words to live by. Ron, I can't believe time's already up. Thank you so much for. You uh, we're going to eat up a whole hour of I, you know, I and I was like, you know, I, have hours do, I can peddle enough BS that I will occupy the whole time. Okay, I mean, absolutely, I'll do it. No worries. You'll uh, never have to worry with me. Okay. <laughs> we truly appreciate you making the time for us. Thank you so much. Continued wishing you great success and launch diamond partnership with us. But thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks, thanks, everybody, and in the listening world of mortgages. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Love All Mortgages. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.